Well, good morning, everybody. You hear the music. You know the music. Time now for our Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Joining us in the studio today, your realty expert, John Brodine. How are you, man? Hey, good. Good. How'd you, how, good, good. How'd your Christmas go? It was great, yeah. It was nice to relax for a few days, have some good food, and... Hang out, yeah. Did you practice your social distancing during Christmas? Well, (laughs) no, because so me and my wife have already had it, Mm -hmm. and my dad and sister and her boyfriend have already had it. Oh, boy. Um, My uh, wife's parents have not had it, but Mm. since we had it, yep, yep, uh, recent enough. Really no worries. Too worried about it. Yeah. So when when I got done with it, the people at the Department of Health said that, uh, you're for sure, pretty much for sure, good for 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, don't even bother quarantining if you're exposed for 90 days. They said. Oh, wow, so, that's good. So I'm in the clear for a little bit. Here. Yeah. Uh, big plans for New Year's? No, probably just sit at home with the wife and hang out and watch you, something on TV. You know, I can't remember the last New Year's Eve. I even stayed up till midnight. I know. I, I, it's just it's kind of. Sad. I call it amateur night. I'd just as soon stay home myself. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get down to business here, John. Yeah. Uh, biggest and most common mistakes when you hire an agent to sell your home. I'm sure there's a ton of them out there. There are. There are a lot that we see. Um, so first off, I should tell people that the difference between a buyer's agent and a seller's agent. Okay. Right? Um, so when you're buying a home, um, you know, that's a buyer's agent. If all you're doing is buying, if you're a first time home buyer, or you're moving to the area, the agents that that's helping you is only helping you buy. Um, if you're selling a home, that's your listing agent uh, okay. that you're hiring. The level of skill required to be a listing agent and to be a good listing agent is much higher uh, than the level of skill required to be a buyer's agent. So any, any listing agent could easily handle being a buyer's agent not every buyer's agent can easily handle everything required to be a good listing agent. Okay, I didn't know. Are there actually two? Uh, you you have your buyer's agent and your listing agent. Are they two whole different things? Um, the the duties are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, if I'm selling somebody's home, if you hire me to sell your home, and usually you you will hire me to also help you find a home. Okay, and and the. You know, the biggest challenge there is going to be getting the most possible money out of your home. Um, you know, we have so many tools and technology, and almost all agents have access to the same tools and technology to help buyers out. Where, you know, that's, you know, newer agents might struggle with certain aspects of the being a buyer's agent, but um, overall, it's it's pretty simple and straightforward. Okay, the listing side of things when it comes to marketing and knowing knowing the market and research and um, you know, all of that kind of thing, you have to really, really be an expert to be a good listing agent. Okay, since you are considered a realty expert, I would imagine then you are a buyer's agent and a listing agent. Yep, yep. And I actually handle, so there's not very many agents in town that handle more listings than they do buyers. I'm Mm. one of those agents. um, And that's come through kind of just refining my process over time. But so so I know you had asked common mistakes that Mm -hmm. people make when they're hiring a listing agent. The, The first mistake I'd, I'd mention is waiting until the last minute um, to to get in touch with your agent. So you know, regardless of who you're hiring, if you if you call somebody up and say, "Hey, need to have my house on the market next week. Uh, <laughs> come over today, and we'll get started on it." You know, as much as you know, I I don't mind getting a call like that because mm-hmm. you know it. it but um, 
I really wish that person would have called me, you know, maybe a month earlier so we can say, hey, are there any repairs that need to be made to this house before? Mm -hmm. Um, Or even six months earlier where they say, hey, John, we're pretty flexible about when we have to move. When is the best month to put this thing on the market? What repairs need to be made is a big one. Um, We're thinking about making this project or doing this project or doing this project. Which one is going to have a better um, return when we go to sell? Are we going to get our money back for this or what should we do? Um, the more I'm able to be a part of those type of decisions, the more money I'm able to get for people when they sell. Not everybody thinks that far in advance though. But so my, my biggest advice, regardless of who you hire is get in touch with them early. And, and, you know, this is something that you have talked about on this podcast many times. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really never too early. Uh, yeah. you should get a hold of your, of your realty expert, you know, a couple of months yes. uh, before you buy or sell. I, I was just meeting with somebody yesterday about, uh, projects that they were thinking of doing to their home and they're not going to be selling for another year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, you know, they know me well, they know the way that I do things. And so we're, you know, we sat down and we talked about what projects are going to pay off, which ones aren't little staging tips, little touch-ups, all that kind of stuff. And they're so on top of the ball. They're going to absolutely crush it when they sell because yeah. they're so ahead of the game with that sort of thing. All right. One of the mistakes, common mistakes, is uh, waiting till the last minute. Yep. yep. Uh, what other mistakes out there, common ones when you're hiring an agent to uh, sell your home? Yeah. So another common one would be choosing an inexperienced or part-time agent. So like we said, the, the task of selling um, your listing is, you know, you need to be picking a high-level agent who has high-level skills. Typically, an inexperienced agent is not going to have the market knowledge, isn't going to know enough about marketing the home, isn't going to have those relationships amongst the agents. Um, They're going to be lacking a lot of those things, which could cost you a lot of money. Um, You know, another one is choosing an agent that works mainly in a different market. So if there's an agent who, you know, is is primarily a Crookston agent, but she's your (coughs) sister-in-law or something like that. Sure. Yeah. You know them or they're a friend. Yeah. mm -hmm. That's not going to be the best pick to sell your Grand Forks home. Um, you know, it's not like you need somebody who works right in your neighborhood because Grand Forks is a small enough town where there's no agents that specialize in a specific neighborhood, really. Um, it, you know, the the best you can hope for is an agent who does basically all their business in Grand Forks and doesn't do maybe much of the surrounding area if your mm-hmm. home's in Grand Forks. Um, and you'd be surprised. A lot of the agents sp- spread out amongst a pretty wide area, but it's hard to be an expert in all of those areas as well as Grand Forks. And, you know, I could see uh, maybe your mechanic you go to is your brother-in-law or your cousin or a good friend of yours, but when it comes to buying or selling a house, now that's a whole different level there. Yes. I mean, that's one of the biggest decisions financially you're ever going to make in your life. Yep. you got to be pretty careful. Home. you got to be pretty careful who you pick for an agent. Yeah, 100%. Um, the other mistake somebody could make is choosing a, um, an agent who's a, maybe a very good buyer's agent, but hasn't gotten into that level of being a good listing agent. Mm-hmm. Just because they're a really good buyer's agent and maybe they work with a ton of buyers doesn't mean they're going to be good at the duties of being a listing agent. Um, so that's something else that people get confused about a lot. So if I'm looking, uh, you know, when I want to sell or whatever, and I called John Brodeen and I said, um, you know, you're a buyer's agent, but uh, are you a, a, a listing agent too? And if you answer yes, do how can you prove it? Can people say, "Well, do you have any numbers? Or yeah. Do you have any? Can I see your track record or anything like that?" Yes, yeah, so you could ask them. You know, 
how many, how, uh, do you do more listings than buyers? Uh, do you do more listing sales than buyer sales every year? Um, or even if it's close to 50%, but, um, there's not very many agents that are over 50% listing sides. And if they are over 50% listing sides, that's probably a good sign. That's a strong agent. Um, you know, there's tons of numbers you can get into that you want to ask about. So if, if they say they're a listing agent, you want to make sure they're a good listing agent. So do they have a strong average list to sale price ratio? Do they have a strong original list to sale price ratio? Do they have a low days on market? Their listings don't sit around for a long time. Do they have a lot of failed listings? Like you might have a low average days on market, but you might have a ton of canceled listings in comparison to the number of listings that you sold. Well, that means that person is kind of gaming their numbers by whenever a listing is on the market for 50 days, they Mm -hmm. cancel it and relist it so they don't get high days on market. But everybody knows that trick, and that does not mean that they're doing a good job. So you want to look at all of those different things. Um, not very many agents will actually provide you with that stuff. So just asking for it alone will, will open uh, your eyes. To you know, you're kind of a numbers guy, a stats guy. I would imagine yeah. you probably have your own stats. So yeah. if somebody does call you with that question, uh, you could say, well, here, let me yep. show you. Yep, I gladly provide that to everybody just because that's kind of key to having a good relationship. You know, I, I need them to trust me. Um, in order for me to, you know, be able to do what I do. So that's, I provide that to people, even if, even if they say, Hey John, I want you to sell my place. I, I know you're good. I, you know, whatever, I'll still give it to them just so they know, um, you know, that this is my track record. Sure. I'm willing to provide it. I'm not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another, another common mistake that we see is a seller, picking an agent just based on who promises them the most money for their house. Oh yeah. Um, you know, in the, in the, in the industry, we call it buying the listing, mm-hmm. um, you know, an, a, a seller interviews five agents and, you know, three of them come in right around two seventy. Uh, one of them comes in at two ninety, and then another one comes in at three fifteen, and the sellers pick the one who came in at three fifteen because oh that person sees something in our house and they mm-hmm. believe in our house and you know that it makes them feel good and this person's going to get three fifteen for it when the other people were only going to get two seventy. It's it's a sign of an inexperienced agent unless they actually caught something in the market data that the other agents missed, which is really unlikely. Um, what what that agent's likely doing is promising a high number to try to win over the seller yep, and saying that in order to get the listing, but likely isn't going to actually be able to deliver on it. And will actually do more harm than good by putting sure. it in the market at that. Uh, yeah. Because um, the, you know, the house could be on the market for longer and, um, and, and probably the guy, the, their agent's going to say, you know what, we need to drop this a little bit. Yeah. And then the homeowner is going to say, well, you're the one that told me you could get three fifteen for this house. And now all of a sudden, you know, I had these other agents that said, nah, 275, and now you want me to drop my yeah, price. Yeah. Well, that definitely is not going to help the realtor. No. And then what happens is, you know, they say, well, maybe we just need to price reduce a little bit. Maybe we just need to price reduce a little bit. You know, maybe by the time you've been on the market for a year, you're finally listed at 270, you know, maybe even a little, you know, maybe even 265, mm-hmm. but you've been on the market for a year. So everybody's passing over your house and nobody's realizing that it's actually a good deal now just because it's been on the market for so long. Right. And then you don't have very many buyers that are looking at your house. So when you finally do get a buyer to offer, they're probably not going to offer very strong. You have no negotiating leverage. So that's a, that's a bad spot to be in. So don't just pick the agent based on who promises you the most amount of money. Um, and then also don't pick the agent based on who is willing to drop their commission the most. Um, 
you know, this is, uh, you know, there, there aren't too many of them, but there are agents out there who maybe they're not very confident in their skills or they're, maybe they're not very busy or maybe they're, you know, just not very experienced yet or something. So they feel like in order to get any business, they need to really cut their fees down. Um, now something to keep in mind, if an agent, so when you look at an an entire, a whole commission, um, if you look at like, say a 6% commission, Mm -hmm. typically a lot of times 3% gets paid out to the buyer agent, 3% gets paid out to the listing agent. So somebody offers you a super low commission, you know, um, and, uh, without going into numbers, let's, chances are they're wanting to pay the buyer's agent much less too. So if your listing is at two, you know, it's a $225,000 listing and all the other listings in your price range are offering a 3% buyer agent commission. And now that this agent wants you to only offer a 2% buyer agent commission. Is that really a good idea for marketing your home to de-incentivize other agents to sell it because they know if they sell yours instead of one of the other ones, they're going to make much, much less on it than what they typically make when they sell a home. That's not a good marketing strategy. You have to treat the agents well. Paying a strong buyer agent commission or a fair buyer agent commission is part of treating the agents well. And if you become an agent that's known for that, it's it's there's like a, a bad brand around your listings to mm-hmm. begin with. You know. Now, I, I know you as a realty expert, and I know other people from Berkshire Hathaway, um, you have to actually spend money yes. to make money. So if you're dropping your commission, the odds are you're probably not doing all the extra legwork and all the, the, the behind-the-scenes things that people don't know about that you all do at Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, 100%. If, if an agent, like there's even you know, discount brokers out there who aren't even um, within the state. That you know, they might be in California or something like that, and they're licensed in multiple states. But they basically all they offer is to put the home on the MLS mm-hmm. and um, and nothing else. This, it's basically a for sale by owner. When agents see that, they run for the hills. the The marketing is not there to be reaching buyers outside of sure. know, reaching them through the agents, and so it really doesn't have the desired effect versus listing with a really strong, good buyers or listing agent. Excuse me, and you know, you, you pay the full commission and you get that return, um, on your bottom line because you sell for more money. Okay. And there's a reason the top agents are the top agents. So any other common mistakes when you hire an agent to sell your home? Um, something that we hate to see, and you don't see it that much anymore is, is when, when somebody hires an agent who doesn't get professional photography taken. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You can tell instantly when it's not professional. Mm-hmm. Photography. And we're not talking about, you know, commercial is different, you know, multifamily is different. When you're talking about residential move-in ready property, if you don't do, if you don't get professional photography taken at the very least, you're just, I mean, it's, it's a relatively small amount of money that the agent has to spend up front to get that done. If the agent won't even do that, it's a horrible sign about that agent. It probably means their online marketing presence really sucks. Um, you have to have a great online marketing presence. Part of that is good photography. Mm -hmm. So if an agent doesn't do that, run for the hills. You don't want anything to do with them. So I'm guessing my Apple iPhone 6 wouldn't be the uh, really the proper uh, equipment to use for taking pictures. (laughs) No, no. Takes good hunting and fishing pictures, but... Yeah. (laughs) The the thing is, these these cameras and the equipment that Mm -hmm. these photographers use are thousands and thousands of dollars for a reason. They know how to get the lighting perfect. They know how to get the angles perfect. They know the exact... Um, ap- uh, lens aperture to use to make sure that you get the entire room in a shot. 
at the very like this is at the most basic level the thing that you'll notice the difference between professional mm-hmm. photos and cell phone photos if i take a for the people who are just listening on audio i apologize but if I take a picture of this room with a cell phone photo, I might get from the edge of the table maybe to the computer over there. Yeah. Versus if I use a wide, uh, a wide angle aperture lens like a professional is going to use, you're going to see from the edge of the table all the way to the edge of that screen. Um, you're going to see the entire room. You're not going to see that with a cell phone photo where all you see is this much. Um, that's super important when you want you. You obviously want to see the entire room. So you. photographers are part of the Berkshire Hathaway team, also. Yes. Yep. Yep. And uh, how many other realty companies do that? Um, I, pretty much all the other uh, top ones. If you want to be good, it. yep. There, there are maybe certain agents. The, the top agents at the top companies almost always do it. Okay. Um, but you might, you might find some agents that are still stuck on doing cell phone photos at certain places. So maybe it's less about the company and more about the agent. Um, but just don't, don't hire an agent who does cell phone photos. That's not, not going to be good for you. All right. Running through them quickly again. Uh, biggest and most common mistakes when hiring an agent to sell your home. First one you said was uh, don't wait till the last minute. Yeah. Uh, and after that. Um, so choosing an inexperienced or part-time agent, uh, choosing an agent that mainly works in a different market, um, choosing a buyer's agent to be your listing agent, um, and choosing the agent who uh, offers you the highest listing price for your property, aka buying the listing. Um, choosing an agent who drops their commission the most. Again, on that, they're supposed to negotiate for you. And right. They can't even negotiate for themselves. Yeah. What's that say about their negotiating skills when there's an offer on the table? Um, and then choosing an agent who doesn't have great online marketing or, at the very least, professional yeah. listing photos. Um, are there a lot of houses uh, listed now for sale in Grand Forks no. in the area? Very low inventory. Okay. Very low inventory. So um, looking into 2021, yes. um, what do you think the market's going to be like? Um, I'm guessing the spring market is going to be very hot because it's low inventory and high activity even during these winter months, which are supposed to be the slowest months of the Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. So if that's any indication, I think going into like March, April, and May, I think are going to be really, really busy. Um, I do have somebody that texted a question. Yeah. Uh, Casey. He said, ask him about his uh, jujitsu skills. He's a stud. <laughs> I, I don't know which Casey it is, but... Uh, uh, I can tell you, but... <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What's up, Casey? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's my main hobby outside of this. That's my... You ever spar with him? Session. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I, he's actually, I think he's an MMA fighter. Yep. He was a little bit... Uh, he was at my same gym before I was there. Oh, okay. So the guys who I train with know who he is, and they said he's a, he's a tough dude. Don't want to mess with him. Um, how does a person get a hold of John Brodeen, realty expert at Berkshire Hathaway? Uh, 701-213-5428. That's my cell phone. All right. And uh, you taking a little bit of time off for New Year's or New Year's Day or any of that kind of stuff? Or I suppose you guys are kind of on call all the time, aren't kind of you? on call all the time. I'll be on the laptop and all the, on the cell phone but hopefully not too much. <laughs> hopefully don't have to leave the house, huh? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right, are you uh, coming back Friday? Yes, yep, I'll be back on Friday. So, so you're going to make me work on New Year's Day? Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. that's okay, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, just for you, John. Yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast with your realty expert, John Brodeen. Again, if you want to get a hold of John, 701-213-5428. And make sure you share this too. Biggest and most common mistakes when hiring an agent to sell your home because uh, you know what? You might be there someday. And that's when you get a hold of John Brodeen, Berkshire Hathaway. We'll be back again with John on Friday morning.
Till then, have yourself a great day.